0: chapter 16 of fuel of fire this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org fuel of fire by ellen Thornycroft fowler chapter 16 mrs candy's opinion some actions which could never have been meant are brought about by purest accident thus it came to pass that nancy burton had to break off the thread of her life and begin all over again minus the principal element a task the stupendous difficulty of which is not understood save by those who have tried it in person laurence baxendale had so completely permeated all her thoughts words and works that it seemed well-nigh impossible to eliminate him from every hour of the day and from every event of life including the most trivial and the most sublime the beauties of art and literature and nature owed half their raison d'etre in nancy's philosophy to the fact that she loved laurence the passing irritations of the trivial round and the common task lost half their sting in the consciousness that laurence loved her and now she had to face a world where there was no longer as far as she was concerned a lawrence to add glamour and intensity to her soul's most exalted moments to relieve the weariness of its most uninteresting duties the prospect of the dreary path which lay before her was almost more than she could face with equanimity yet it had to be borne and borne with a brave front as nancy was the type of woman to whom pity was an insult her only comfort in the matter was that her engagement with laurence had never been made public had not been so much an actual engagement as an arrangement between their two selves that they would become engaged at some future time if fortune favoured them so that she had to suffer none of the unpleasantness attendant upon an openly broken-off engagement this she felt she really could not have endured of course all the world knew that mr baxendale and miss burton had walked out together and kept company so to speak but a laxity is allowed to mere company keepers and walkers together which is not permitted to those whose betrothal has been advertised by letters of congratulation and a diamond ring the former bond can be broken at the will of the parties concerned for no better reason than that they are tired of it and want a change at least their world would be satisfied with this but an actual jilting must be justified by a difference over the settlements or the discovery of some disgraceful family secret or else all the gossips of the neighbourhood will know the reason why mrs burton was very good to her daughter just then she showed her no open sympathy she knew nancy too well for that but in a thousand little ways too trivial to be described she comforted nancy as only a mother can comfort nora too was kind to her sister but her own love affair with mr Arbuthnot was just then proceeding along such smooth and pleasant lines that nancy's sore heart was inclined to be restive under nora's tenderest touch and then nora agreed with nancy in blaming lawrence the only people who can really help us when we are in great trouble are those who have suffered more than we are suffering and those who love us better than we love ourselves and although faith fairfax could not lay claim to the latter qualification as far as nancy was concerned she could to the former and so nancy found a certain consolation in faith's society just then she knew that faith had loved lawrence and had loved him in vain therefore she recognized that faith's burden was a heavier one than hers for however desolate the rest of her existence was doomed to be she had once lain in laurence's arms and had felt his kisses on her face and nothing could ever rob her of the bitter sweetness of that memory the woman who has never been in love has no power to help the woman whose love is a sorrow to her the woman who has found nothing but happiness in love has even less for they both of them live in a different atmosphere and move along a different plane from their less fortunate sister the former talks a language foreign to her the latter though acquainted with the same languages read in a widely diverse lore therefore she and they have but little in common but faith knew what it was to be in love knew even what it was to be in love with laurence baxendale and therefore nancy called it ways hall far oftener than was absolutely necessary for the mere maintaining of neighbourly relations finally most important of all faith did not agree with nancy in the latter's condemnation of lawrence's refusal to accept the insurance money while we are as yet young and inexperienced which comes to the same thing when a woman confides in us her grievance against the man of her choice our natural inclination should we desire to please the woman is to take her part against him and to tell her so but as we grow older and learn better to know our world we do nothing of the kind we understand that to tell her that she is right and that he is wrong and that we unanimously second all her votes of censure upon him is to make her our enemy for life while to put it plainly before her what a fool she is compared with him and how utterly he is in the right and she is in the wrong with regard to the matter in dispute is to earn her undying friendship it may be taken as an axiom that a woman is never more bitter toward any one than towards those well-meaning but misguided persons who take her part against her lover therefore the more nancy worked herself up into a state of righteous indignation with laurence for throwing away his happiness and her own for the sake of a to her absurd scruple the more did she love faith for defending the course he had elected to pursue and the more which really was unjust and unjustifiable did she blame lady alicia and Nora for taking exactly the same view of the matter as she took herself i can approve of people who sacrifice their lives for a principle she said to faith when the two girls were discussing as all Mercer was discussing lawrence's action with reference to the insurance money but i really haven't patience with those who sacrifice everything for a mere scruple such as lawrence baxendale have you somehow he is different from other people one cannot judge him by the same standards and he seems to elevate a scruple into principle but don't you think it is stupid of him to choose to go on being poor when he might now be rich persisted nancy no i can't say that i do i think it is simply splendid of him to sacrifice everything in the way he is doing to what he considers right but the world in general doesn't consider that it is right it condemns him as absurdly quixotic of course i should admire his action as much as you do if it were actual wrong-doing that he was so firmly set against and if he deliberately chose poverty rather than dishonour but it isn't he is sacrificing himself and his mother for the sake of a sentimental scruple which everybody except himself thinks is ridiculous as well as sentimental that i think is where he is behaving so nobly if all the world agreed with him that the only alternative to poverty was something wrong or dishonourable he would have no choice in the matter any man would prefer poverty to what other men condemned as dishonourable and despised accordingly but to be poor rather than do what he himself considers dishonourable although nobody else agrees with him that it is so seems to me a splendid sort of thing and just what any one who knows lawrence would expect of him faith certainly took a higher and more ideal view of the matter than did nancy but then faith's life had not been included in lawrence's holocaust and nancy's had which makes all the difference in an abstract discussion on sacrifice as a fine art let us look in and see mrs candy suggested nancy as the two girls had by that time reached the cottage where that worthy matron was for the present pitching her moving tent she and her husband had incontinently fled from their holiday as soon as the news reached them of the catastrophe at baxendale and lawrence had felt himself bound to provide them with a cottage at once and removed thereto all their larries and Panatis, which fortunately having been upon the ground floor were practically none the worse for the fire a vacant keeper's lodge at one of the park gates exactly suited them and there good mrs candy took up her abode and discussed with every passer-by the accident which had driven her and her husband out of their former home yes dear agreed faith she is always delightful company so the girls entered the little garden gate and found Mrs. Candy shelling peas in the porch. "'Well, it do seem good of you young ladies to come and see me,' remarked the good woman, when the customary greetings had been exchanged, and her guests had found themselves fairly comfortable resting-places upon two upturned flower-pots. "'For what with the fire and our holiday and the trains and all we've been through in the last fortnight i've got such a lot to say that i don't know how to keep it in i don't and yet there's nobody to say it to when candy goes to his work and it's sorry work it is to keep your words back when you are fairly burstin with em i know that feeling mrs candy said nancy but faith kept silence because she did not know it it do seem an upset to come back after such a pleasant holiday time as me and candy has just had and to find no home to come to continued mrs candy i haven't felt so upset as i did when mr baxendale wrote with his own hand to tell us that the hall was burned down no not since all the red currants fermented in the preserving pot three summers ago and had to be given to the pigs a stead o makin jelly for the gentry roundabouts i was put out that time and no mistake Candy, I says, I've treated the red currants this year the same as I've always treated them, and yet they never before turned again me in this way. Then what's the reason of it? I wants to know, I says. Missus says he, there's some reason you may be sure o' that, or such a thing never would have come to pass. Oh, he's a wise man, is Candy. There ain't much in the world as puzzles him i knew you'd be immensely surprised to hear of such a catastrophe exclaimed nancy as we all were she added as an afterthought i was indeed miss when the latter came we was havin tea wi my sister who is housekeeper up at cromer hall and would you believe it there was sandwiches for tea made out o hard-boiled eggs well says i when i seed em i thought as i'd been everywhere and seed everything i says but sandwiches made out o eggs is news to me and afore i'd done bein astonished at the sandwiches, the letter came bringin word as baxendale hall was burned down you see the postman knew we was havin tea wi' my sister and knowin as a letter gen'ly meant bad news he thought it best to bring it on to us at onst and then on the top of them egg sandwiches comes the downfall o oh, baxendale and i feels how true it is as waners never cease i am sure you grieve as we all do that such a blow should fall on your master said faith mrs candy placed a hand on either knee and looked miss fairfax full in the face Wall, miss i wa'n't deceive you it wad not be right and i wa'n't do it when we'd read Mister Baxendale's letter, Candy says to me, "He says, Lizzie, this'll be a blow for the master, and no mistake." But I shakes my head. Candy, I says, "There's good to be got out of everything, as we can all learn from Nettle Tea, and it's my opinion," says I, "that Providence has taken this opportunity o' gittin' the better o' old Mister Baxendale's will." That's what I says. Nancy looked up quickly, and you were quite right, Missus Candy so candy said lizzie says he i doubt but there's something in what you say i'll be bound there is says i do you suppose his folks are going to be allowed to make them foolish wills like the present master's grandfather did and that providence ain't a-going to be even will, not they and that is just what i should have expected of providence seeing that the master's grandfather was such a fool begging his pardon that he bound the present mr baxendale to pay goodness knows what every year to keep a lot of rubbish from being burned as any sensible man could see wasn't worth the burnin'. that's what i said and what i thought and to my mind providence has behaved very sensible in the matter seeing that there'd be no peace and no plenty for nobody as long as them rubbishy old books was above ground you never did approve of the baxendale library i remember said faith with a smile no more, I did miss, and why should I, seein that it cost such a lot to them as could ill afford it and brought no good to nobody? You see, Miss Candy don't hold with books, doesn't Candy? And it seemed to me as if Providence was a Candy's opinion, seeing as how all that old rubbishy heap was burned up in a night, as you may say. If Providence had had any patience, we old Mister Baxendale nonsense that their library had never have been burned you may take my word for that said mrs candy giving good reason for the hope that was in her nancy nodded yes yes mrs candy there is something in that after all if things ought not to happen they would not be allowed to happen her logic was consolatory if unsound yes miss that's what me and candy thinks and we can't hold with mr Lawrence going again providence as you may say and not taking all that money as is his right and his due and which was providence's making up to him for all that rubbish in his grandfather's will faith drew herself up very heartily surely mr Baxendale has a right to take what he considers the honourable course without consulting the whole neighbourhood not he miss we can none of us do without taking the advice of our neighbours and it's a wonderful help sometimes hearing what they say of us though we mayn't enjoy it at the time now he's got a regular bee in his bonnet mr baxendale has and a sunner folks can teach him to take it out of the-the better for him he should just hear what candy says of his behaviour that would open his eyes that would nancy laughed ruefully i'm afraid i agree with candy you see miss there's nothing so troublesome as when folks get whirritin about what's right and what's wrong let him do what's right candy says and think no more about it he's a wonderful knowledgeable man is candy but always thinkin about one's duty and dwellin upon it is more than anybody can stand and that's the bad habit as mr baxendale has got into as his poor father did afore him yes it is a pity of course to grow morbid upon the subject of one's duty said faith so it be miss so it be and when once you git doubtin about things there's no more rest for nobody neither for yourself nor for them that lives wi you i remember miss Trifosa philipson as i lived with afore i was married she was an old maid and one of the worriton sort and when i lived wi her she'd wake me up in the night and say lizzie i doubt if the front door's locked will you just run down to make sure so off i had to go in the cold then no sooner was i safe back in bed and dozing off than she'd begin again lizzie i don't remember if we doubted the candles in the drawing-room will you just run down and make sure and off i had to go again and that's how folk get who are full of conscience and scruples and things of that sort a trouble to their selves, and worse than a trouble to them as lives will still a sense of duty is a fine thing, and so is a tender conscience. I'd rather have a conscience that was too tender than one that was too tough. Maybe Miss Fairfax maybe, but candy don't hold with folks as make a god o their conscience. Candy don't I remember aunts, Mr. a not preached a sermon about a saint i forget his right name but i know he were a saint we spent all his life o the top of a pillar just for the sake o his conscience and candy was that said agin him as never was he said candy did that if folks was meant to live at the top of pillows and posts they'd have been made to grow up em like hops and kidney beans they didn't hold with such jack and the beans talk ways didn't candy simon Stylites was the name of the saint, said Faith with a smile. And Mr Baxendale was made on the same last, added Nancy. So he was, Miss Burton, so he was. You never spoke a truer word. But I make bold to say that there saint didn't stick his lady mother on the top of the pillar alongside o' him, because there wouldn't have been room for her and yet that's what mr baxendale does with her leddyship beggin his pardon again the proud look crept over faith's aristocratic face but nancy said bitterly yes it's dull for women at the tops of pillars mrs candy so it be miss so it be and most particular for a leddy brought up as leddy alicia was I remember her when she was living at the hall, I do, in old Mr. Baxendale's time, Mr. Lawrence's father, that is to say, and he worshipped the very ground she trod on, and thought nothing too good for her which it wasn't, considerin' what a pretty face she had in those days, and a figure like a willow wand. She must have been very handsome, Nancy exclaimed. She was, miss, a perfect pictor and a sight handsomer than all the old pictures at the hall which mr baxendale's grandfather set such store by she was one of the sort as seemed made to be waited on bless her she hasn't had much waiting on in late years poor lady said faith with a sigh no more she has miss and it don't seem becoming somehow i shall never forget the time i saw her come into the kitchen at poplar farm to give an order herself instead of ringing the bell for the footman to take it as she used to do up at the hall i remember unst when i was in service to give me such a turn as never was when i see the kitchen-maid mix the mustard in one of the room teacups you must always use a kitchen teacup for mixing the mustard in you careless hussy i says and never let me see you speak disrespectfully of one of the room teacups again and to give me just another turn when i see her ladyship come into the kitchen at poplar farm yes life has been hard for lady alicia faith agreed so it has miss and therefore i hold it is mr lawrence's bounden duty to spend all that there insurance money in making his poor mother comfortable in her old age instead of sitting all by himself on a, up on top of a pillar as you may say i don't deny as conscience is an invention of providence and should be respected as such but candy says to me lizzie he says the same providence as invented mr lawrence's conscience invented the fifth commandment and it ain't honouring the fifth commandment to keep a lady of the that quality in a farmhouse without so much as a single-handed footman to answer the bell that's what candy said and he's one to stick to what he said is candy i wonder how the house did catch fire after all and whether the mystery ever will be cleared up said faith dreamily well miss he's got his idea on that matter asked candy and so have i beggin your pardons nancy looked up her face alive with interest let us hear your explanation of the matter mrs candy she begged mrs candy nothing loth replied well miss it ain't for poor folks like candy me to set our opinion above the gentry but what we think we says and what we says we sticks to now i ween't deceive you by saying as i believe mr baxendale burned down his own house on purpose as some folks say he did but they aren't them as knows him i should think not faith exclaimed under her breath but i think as he did it himself all the same though he's no more knowledge of it than the babe unborn what do you mean asked nancy well miss i think as mr baxendale burned down the hall hisself but he did it by accident first nobody but hisself could had done it when me and candy was away because nobody but hisself had the keys he had two sets of his own and i give up our set to him before i went away and all the folks say as the hall was set afire from the inside o the library then he's too fond o smokin is mr Lawrence. sadly too fond why men should make a chimbley out of their mouths is more than i can say mr lawrence is terrible fond o doin' it and many a time he's give me a frightful fear the sparks and matches should get among them rubbishy old books why he'd light his pipe up at the hall and throw the match away and laugh at me when i said it was enough to burn the house down over our heads you needn't be afeard to me mrs candy he'd say as pert as pert if you are as careful as me says he the hall won't be burned down again in our time as if any man even candy himself could be as careful as a woman but poor mr lawrence being but a single man didn't know no better nancy's face was positively pale with excitement then you really believe that that is the explanation of the fire mrs candy i do miss not a doubt on it as soon as we heard on it candy says to me lizzie says he mark my words this comes o the master bein so fond o smokin and lightin his pipe all over the place he don't smoke hisself candy don't i make no doubt he says as he's lighted his pipe too often in that rubbishy old library you see miss he'd throw the match away as he was so fond of doin', and go away and lock up the house and forget all about it and the match would smolder and smolder till it got to them rubbishy old books and then the whole place would be in a blaze like one o'clock and nobody could put it out again particularly as the wind happened to be so high that night which made it burn all the quicker but faith laughed this suggestion to scorn what an absurd idea mrs candy as if mr baxendale would be so careless as to burn down his own house you aren't married miss begging your pardon and so you don't know how careless men can be even the best of them why even candy hisself'll leave his boot drying at the fire till the toes is burned out unless i happen to be handy to take em away as soon as they begin to smell but he'd never notice it bless you not till the smell of burned leather had got on your stomach till it was enough to bring the house down that's a man all over and mrs candy fairly bridled with pride at the extreme virility of her lord and master faith was silent and smiled the smile of the unconvinced but what puts me out the garrulous matron continued is that it was all my fault if i'd have been content to stay at home and not got worritin over our grave and sarah maria's twins baxendale hall would never have been burned candy would have seen to that don't go tell me as the hall would ever had caught fire if candy had been here to look after it because it would not but that comes a carin too much for this vile body and for other folk's babies which are made to be cut down like grass you see candy niver fashed himself about the grave nor the twins and why should he seein as they was neither of them his flesh and blood but they were yours suggested faith and you and he are one mrs candy shook her head decidedly now miss fairfax when you've got a husband o your own don't you go believe in no rubbish as to his relations being the same as yours or t'other way round because they ain't why things as would only make him have a merry laugh if his relations did em would fairly turn his stomach if they was done by yours and it'll be the same with you i remember when my sister carrie was a bit flirty i thought it a rare bit of fun but when candy's sister jenny carried on with a young man she fairly turned me sick the forward hussy i never did get on wi jenny her tongue was too sharp for my taste and i never could a bear a sharp tongue then wasn't carrie's tongue ever sharp asked nancy slyly oh Carrie was different. Her tongue was a bit sharp sometimes, I don't deny. Now and then she'd be as pert as pert and have an answer for anybody, but somehow she didn't rile you as Jenny did. When Carrie laughed at you, she just set you a-laughing yet yourself, but when Jenny laughed at you, oh my, she just made you all agog to slap her. She was always a gettin' the better, you Jenny was. I remember when my children died and her's lived, she was that lordin' it over me as never was, as if anybody would want children to live, as they got noses like Jenny's children and such bad behaviour too, just like their mother no i wain't deceive you there never was any genteel about jenny nor never will be no not if she lives to be a hundred there was a moment's pause while mrs candy's mind revelled in the memory of the unsatisfactory manners and profiles of her sister-in-law's offspring then less soothing thoughts intervened and she went on more seriously no young ladies i shall never cease to blame myself for having been the cause of the hall being burned down if i'd stopped at home as candy wanted to it would never ha come to pass so let it be a lesson to you if ever you get husbands o your own to do what they want you whether you see the sense of it or not the prayer-book tells us as we are to obey our husbands and them as wrote the prayer-book knew what they was talking about unless i'm much mistaken and if I ha given heed to Candy's words instead o to my own sinful heart, coupled with the grave and Sarah Maria's twins, Baxendale Hall would have been standin' on its own legs to this blessed day. And Mrs. Candy looked round her with the dignified despair of one who has sinned greatly and has been greatly punished. End of chapter sixteen